Good morning. Um, so my name is Josh Burton, and I'm a junior at Westwood High School. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so a couple months ago, on our mission trip to Belize, there was one point where we were planning to we were planning a visit to go to a school for at-risk children, and Whitney asked me if I would share my testimony during our presentation, to which I responded. Uh, what testimony? I don't have a story. I haven't been through anything. Um, but by the end of that week in Belize, that answer had changed. When Whitney asked me to share my testimony for the second time with you guys on, on Youth Sunday, I responded, yes, colon, smiley face, because it was a text. <laughs> and then, so, <laughs> I was filled with excitement at the thought of sharing with everyone what God had been doing in my life. So, um, needless to say, Belize was a major turning point in my life and probably the climax of my years thus far. But how did I get there? I'll take you guys through a brief history of my involvement here at Covenant. As a kid, our family was always too busy with sports to ever be fully involved with the church. We were in, we were in and out, but we never stuck around. But two years ago in my freshman year, my girlfriend said she wanted to bring me to her church, so I tagged along. My relationship with that girlfriend ended like every other freshman relationship. <laughs> but, but, my relation, but, but my relationship with Covenant had just begun. Um, I quickly found myself getting more and more involved with the youth program, going from a kid who only went to pool parties one summer to a student leader the next. I found my faith home at Covenant, and that was something I had never had before. Amid all of this spiritual growth, though, I was struggling quite a bit internally with my quest to find my purpose or what I wanted to do with my life. I felt jealous of the kids who knew what they wanted to do and um, because nothing seemed to fit for me. I'm good at a lot of things, but any profession I was suggested had something missing. In Belize, I found that missing piece, and it was God. From the moment I, chose, uh, from the moment I was chosen to go on the Belize trip to the moment I left, um, for Belize, I was mainly excited for two main reasons. The first being that it would be really fun and a cool experience, and the second that I would be able to get away from all of the stress of choosing, college, choosing a college and a profession. God was excited for another reason. Once we got to Belize, I instantly knew that I was where God wanted me to be and that my life was going to change, but I didn't know how. Everyone down there was so happy despite their living in poverty. All they had was God and each other, and it just so turns out that's all you need. Long story short, I found my purpose in Belize. Um, God showed me that I am called to mission work. Um, once he gave me this realization, it all made sense. I looked back on the last couple of years and saw that God had me on just the right path all along, and now everything is falling into place. Our God is always working in our lives. He is working when we can't see him. He's working when we don't know where we're going, and he's working when we think we do. Our God can use a tiny little thing like getting our girlfriend to bring us to church to turn our entire life around, and we never know what that little thing may be. The point is, God is present and active in every single one of our lives right now. Whether we see him or not, he's right here. Is it okay if I take this off?
Yeah. Okay. Okay, guys. Um, hi, I'm Noah. Um, I'm one of those graduating seniors. Um, I turn, currently go to Austin High School. I will be a future freshman at the University of Texas, Hook'em. Um, yes. And uh, so I'm going to tell you uh, my testimony today. And uh, I'll try to keep it brief, but uh, that's probably not going to happen. Um, and so uh, the first kind of story that I have about how God has been very active in my life started before I was even born. Um, and that story is how my mom and dad met. And um, they kind of met by a miracle, actually, literally. Um, and uh, it happened uh, when my dad's father uh, was told that he had terminal cancer. And uh, it was kidney cancer. If any of you guys know about kidney cancer, um, it's one of the worst ones you can get. Uh, it metastasizes very, very quickly. Um, and he had, I mean, it, it, would, it, it just blew him away. And he was put on hospice, only given a few weeks to live. And uh, it was so bad, even that the doctor said uh, to my family that you should probably go ahead and sell his stuff. Um, that it, there, there was basically no way that he was going to make it out of this. And um, so uh, after hearing that, uh, you know, getting ready, preparing everything, and uh, one day, my, uh, my grandfather uh, goes to sleep, and the next day he wakes up, and uh, the hospice doctors run some tests, and they find that his white blood cell count has skyrocketed. And if any of you guys know anything about medicine, that doesn't happen when you're terminally ill. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, was just, it, it was just crazy. They, they didn't know what to say. They, they didn't give him any treatments for anything. They'd take him off everything. There was no hope and somehow his white blood cell count had skyrocketed. And the very next day, or soon after, um, he looked at my dad and said, um, I'd, I'd really like a hamburger. Let's go get a hamburger. And so he stood up, walked out, and they went to get a hamburger, and uh, he was fine ever since. That was 20 years ago, and he's still alive today. And um, because of that, uh, he went to the church that my mom was affiliated with, and at the time, she was an investigative reporter. And uh, she heard the story, and she was like, all right, I, this is crazy. I definitely want to write a story about this. I want to meet this guy. I want to find out more about him. Um, like, how, like, what is it like to go through a situation where you think you're going to die and then live again? And, um, and so she talks to him and, uh, you know, get the whole story out. And uh, afterwards, she's you know, like, hey, if there's anything I can do for you, let me know. And he's like, oh, I'd, like, I'd love for you to meet my son. And uh, shortly after... Uh, I came to be, and uh, and uh, so that's kind of one story of how God has been acting in my life, um, and in my brother's life as well, and in my parents' lives, and and of course my grandfather's life um, since that point, and since I've been born, um, he's still been doing things in my life. He hasn't abandoned me, and uh, one of the things that he's done is um, when I uh, well, when I came to Austin, I moved here about three years ago, and uh, I moved here halfway through ninth grade, and if any of you guys know about halfway through any great. It's tough. Um, but especially when you're just starting high school, that's when you're really getting to know your friends. And I just really met my friends and I left and I went to a new place that was, I mean, probably about five or 10 times bigger than the school that I was at previously. And, uh, there are more kids in my new grade than there were in my whole entire school. And so that was kind of an adjustment. And, um, it was really, really hard for me that first semester. I, uh, I didn't have any friends, uh, for that whole entire semester. Um, so that was a few months. And uh, I just kind of sat by myself. I didn't really do much. Um, you know, kids were kind of nice to me in class, but uh, they didn't really make an effort um, to try to find out who I was, mainly because since there are so many kids there, it's hard to tell who's new and who's not. Um, and so because of that, I was kind of alone for a really long time. I wasn't enjoying Austin. Um, I didn't really feel like I had a place anywhere, and I just kind of wanted to be by myself and just try to figure things out. And uh, the very next year, 
um, I was in band currently at the time, and uh, my band director told me, all right, so you know, you're in concert band, and high school, we make everyone that's in concert band march. And I was like, oh, great, you know, I don't want to march. That's, like, that's awful. I, I don't want to, you know, like, if you've seen marching band, like, it just looks hard. Like, they just sweat all the time. Like, they practice, like, like we would practice for a whole entire month of August, like, in 100-degree-plus weather for, like, the whole entire day. Like, every single day, the whole entire month of August. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to do that. And he said, well, you know, if you want to be in one of the top bands, you've got to do it. So I was like, all right, fine, I'll do it. I'll try it. I'll try it one year. If I don't like it, I'll stop. And I tried it, and I absolutely loved it. Um, if you guys know anything about marching band, it's kind of like a cult. Um, they, uh, everyone that's like ever friends with anyone in marching band, it's only kids in marching band. They don't know anyone outside marching band. It's only kids inside marching band. And, uh, and so that's how I kind of came to be really good friends with some of these kids, because they saw me, they noticed that I was a new person, and they took an active interest in me. And, um, and so a few years later, uh, this year, I was a drum major for the band. And um, one of the... And one of the good things about being a drum major is that you're in a very high position of leadership um, and that you uh, can influence a lot of things that go on in the band. And uh, one of the things that I noticed the very first day were, were the amount of kids that kind of looks like I was the very first day, where they're kind of alone, you know, like sitting around, not really doing much. Um, and not only were they alone, but they kind of looked like they didn't really either know anyone, or if they did, they just kind of wanted to be, you know, left to they just wanted to be isolated from others. And so what I did is once a week, I would kind of invite friends uh, or, or these kids uh, that were alone to just kind of come and have lunch with me and just kind of like try to meet each other so that they can somewhat have a friend in band. And um, I kind of saw that as my duty at first um, of just kind of like, oh, you know, like, well, you know, I've got to do this because then the band's going to be better and we'll do better in shows and I've just got to do this. Um, and then I realized that that situation was connected to the situation that I had endured earlier. Um, and the fact that, uh, just like our sermon series, I, when I was struggling um, with everything uh, that I was going through as far as not knowing anyone, um, God used that so that later in my life I would be able to easier recognize that struggle in others and try to help them out, that I could identify with them. And so I tell you that today to say that, um, mainly looking back, I've seen God in more ways in my life than I have currently. Uh, it's really, really hard to kind of see how God is kind of putting those stitches in into that uh, big quote of your life um, in the moment. But when you look back, you can see it very, very clearly. Um, and so ever since I've kind of noticed these things, um, I've tried to change that. I don't want to see what God's doing later in my life. I want to see what he's doing right now. And so that's what I'm going to ask all of you guys to do today is just think about how, how, how did I get to where I am today? And why is that important? Why is what I'm doing today important for everyone around me, for my peers, and for God? And if you think about that, I promise you, you will see changes in your life, you will see changes in others, and you will see a much more caring God. Thank you. Hi, um, my name is Alana Raper, and I am a sophomore at McCallum. Um, over spring break, I was lucky enough to go with other youth and members from Covenant to Belize City, where we helped begin the foundation of a new church building. I got to spend a week getting to know so many new and wonderful people in Belize who I built relationships with that I know will last a lifetime. When I got back from Belize, I kind of had a culture shock. The night after we gotten back, I went to volunteer with some friends to make dinner at a daycare. A little while after I'd gotten there, parents began to come, began to come and pick up their children. This is where my culture shock happened of all places, with the children. 
While we were in Belize, I had gotten to know a lot of kids there who we played with in this open field area to keep them off the work site. And these children were so grateful for every little thing that they had. One day we were there, a bunch of tires appeared, and the kids had so much fun with these tires. Um, between breaks playing soccer, these kids were jumping up and down on the tires, racing them back and forth by rolling on them, or stacking them up and then climbing inside and toppling them over. In total, they probably spent a combined three or four hours just making their own fun with tires. These kids don't have tons and tons of plastic manufactured toys that make sounds. They play with what they have and are more than grateful for what they have and haven't been given. So many times we go through the day and get upset about little things that others will be grateful for. I am thankful to be stuck in traffic on Mopac because it means I have a car and can afford gas. Um, I'm sure my parents are thankful that they have to pay taxes because it means they have a job. I'm thankful I spend seven hours a day, most often more, five days a week in a giant concrete building because it means I go to school and I get an education. In Belize, there aren't any public schools. Parents have to pay a lot of money each year for their kids to go to school. They also have to pay for uniforms and school supplies, and for so many people in Belize, that's really hard to do. So after coming back from Belize and seeing these kids who were just so super excited to go to school, I had a newfound thankfulness for being able to go to school each day and think nothing of it, whereas in Belize, so many families are struggling to put their kids through school. But what I do have in common with the people I met is my love for Christ. The first night we got to Belize, we were lucky enough to get to go to this huge church service, a combination effort of multiple churches from around the area with the church that we were going to spend the rest of the week with. It was a huge celebration. People brought food and there was a really loud band and everyone was celebrating and worshiping God. And to help us dive right into the, their culture, the service was 95% Spanish and about four hours long. The actual sermon was about an hour and a half or two hours, and the preacher kept breaking into song, which was really unexpected, but kind of neat since it was something I'd never seen done before. Um, but even though I couldn't understand a majority of the sermon, there was one part I could understand. The preacher used the metaphor of chicken and beans. No matter what you put on the chicken and beans, there's still chicken and beans. Just like the worship of God, no matter what you do to it, you're still worshiping God. You can add spices, such as song, but the basic element, the worship of God, is still there. Psalm 104 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise him. It doesn't say anything about how to worship God, just give thanks and praise him, since his love endures forever. There's no correct way to worship God as long as we are worshiping him. The reason I'm sharing this with you is because going into this mission trip, I thought about it very one-sided. When people would ask me what I was doing over spring break, I'd say, I'm going to Belize on a mission trip and to help begin the new foundation of a church. I'd only thought about what I'd be doing. I didn't even think about what these people might give to me. They taught me to be thankful for everything I have and have everything I've been blessed with, things I never thought I'd be grateful for. They taught me that the worship of God doesn't look exactly the same and even a musical sermon is fun. They taught me that a church doesn't have to exist in a building. A church is a community and can exist under a giant tent with a large band, underneath a house with a torrential, torrential downpour happening around like right now, or around a humongous bonfire. God exists wherever we are, wherever our community exists. That's what we should focus on, our community and building relationships with our community. I wouldn't trade the experience I got this spring break for anything, and I'm so thankful I was able to go. Thank you.
Hello, I am Emily Goulet. I'm 16 and I go to McCallum High School. I am very excited to be here this morning to share with you a little bit about my faith and walk with Christ. Um, so I got really involved with this uh, youth group here at Covenant when I was in eighth grade. Uh, one of my favorite moments was uh, at the all church picnic two years ago when Whitney Bell and I kind of had our first big connection. Um, I was up to bat at the baseball game, and one thing led to another, and I ended up hitting myself in the face with the baseball, and um, I mean, the rest is history. But uh, from that moment, I just knew I wanted to be a part of this ministry. Uh, my faith when I started coming was very small. I had a lot of questions, and I mean, I always had fun when I came to D groups and youth group, but I just like had so many questions. Um, since then, my faith and trust in God has grown exponentially. And uh, if someone would have told my eighth grade self that I'd be here sharing my testimony on you Sunday, I think I probably would have thought, you're crazy. But God has a plan for everyone, and here I am today. Becoming a student leader helped me realize that God has a place in every single aspect of my life. The training process I did, which was led by Whitney and Nathan with an awesome group of other high schoolers, consisted of spending time with God daily in the form of reading scripture and praying and meeting with student leaders and serving at various events over the summer, like middle school pool parties. Um, this was really big for me. Reading and praying every day um, allowed me to become so close with God and it just became habit. Then when we were leading and or planning and then leading small groups of middle schoolers at the fall retreat, I just felt like I was doing what I was meant for. And my faith is now so much fuller and joyful and I'm just so thankful for that. So praise God. Um, now I will share some scripture that has really challenged and I'm gonna take this off. Challenged and changed my faith recently, and it comes to us from Colossians three, verses one through two. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on the things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. It is very refreshing to set your mind on the cross and on the things, uh, things above after a spell of Christlessness, especially. Uh, living life with any other mindset is stressful and you feel powerless and just very vulnerable to sin. And this is why I think it's very important to keep your mind right with the Lord. Um, but to find a balance is definitely key. I used to believe that if I did have my focus on God, everything else would be forfeited from my focus and my everyday life would just become very jumbled. Uh, and I thought that if I placed my focus on following Jesus, I would be vul vulnerable to the harsh judgments of others and I'd just have a shortened leash from completing my typical everyday activities. But once I got the correct mindset, I found that things were not out of order, things were not jumbled or chaotic, but I found more peace than ever before. I found the balance I was seeking and so much more in Jesus. And now this is not something that is ingrained in me. I am broken and I have to remind myself daily to keep my eyes and mind on Christ.
It can feel freeing to skimp out on praying and reading your Bible. Uh, it's a very easy habit to break, unfortunately, but there's really nothing that can quench the thirst of your soul the way our Savior can. And I can easily say that I am renewed and refreshed every day in the Lord. Another aspect of this is giving credit to the hand which is holding you up of God. And by that, I mean giving the glory to God. It wasn't until I became a student leader here that I really like, had a full grasp of what that meant. And before, I, my church life and the rest of my life was just very separate and distant. Um, this scripture has showed me that my faith is something that needs to not be distant, but a part of everything I do. And so before, I usually didn't have God fully in my mind when I was doing my normal activities like going to school or playing soccer. Um, they were just separate, but leadership really helped me just wrap all my arms around it all and bundle it all together. Um, you can serve God in so many different ways. It just started at church by serving him through worship, uh, through music, or playing silly games, or greeting people and writing out name tags. Um, you just do it for God. And from there, it just felt natural to pray to myself before I do things and just know that I'm going to be glorifying God in those things. So, in whatever it may be, whether it be state championship or a chemistry quiz, you know? Um, but this verse has just shown me that I should set my heart on the things above in everything that I do. And I have Whitney and Nathan to thank for so much, for so much of this. By them giving the student leaders some ownership in the ministry, it has allowed all of our faith to grow so much. Uh, you just have to fix your mind to him and the rest will play out as, a, as effect of that mindset. I strive for my mind to be on Jesus. And that is my prayer and challenge for you today. Thank you so much. Let's give another round of applause for all those students. God is most definitely at work, and uh, let us make it a habit to share what he's doing in our midst with one another, because that's encouraging. That's really encouraging to hear. Pray with me. Father God, I just thank you this day for what you're doing. I thank you for what you've done and the way that we can look back and see it. Um, I love that idea, God, of um, the little stitches you make in our quilt of faith, God, that um, they're hard to see when we're zoomed in close, but when we back up, we can see what you're doing. And so I pray, God, that you would continue to work and that we'd continue to get to praise you and thank you for that. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.